The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across skater country, visit ViStarCU.org and ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is Duly Noted, everything Florida Gators, with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted podcast. Thanks, everybody, for clicking on. Uh, hopefully today we're going to get Mark Wise to join us. Uh, Mark, of course, does a lot of radio here in town, but a well-known uh, all over TV. Uh, he's in the middle of a, I think he said, 12-day trip going to different tournaments and everything like that so we'll talk to him about basketball we're going to start the show though by talking a little football because monday there was the press conference for the beginning of spring uh with coach mullen we hadn't talked to him in a while since uh, i guess since signing day and um there wasn't a whole lot there, to be honest with you. But the one thing that I was trying to focus on with him was the depth and the roster. And maybe I'm obsessed about it. I know that maybe many of you feel like I'm obsessed about the roster, but I couldn't get over it last year just how um, small their numbers were. Uh, they've replenished it, and I think it, it does make a difference. I think there's a several reasons why it makes a difference and he he and I actually talked about this as I was leaving the more players you have uh, on your roster quality players that you've recruited the more you can kind of experiment and shift guys around you can take a player and say let's see if he's good at the star uh, position. Let's see if he's good at just playing pure corner let's see if he's good as a strong safety whatever it is and then let's, let's see if this works out when he's with these three guys. Okay, let's see if this guy can is a good edge rusher and is he a good edge rusher with a certain – so anyway, you, you see what I'm saying? You can, you can continue to experiment around, and that's what the spring is for. I mean, most of these guys know everything that's going on. Obviously, there's some young guys that need, still need to learn, but most of these guys know the plays. They know uh, what, they're, what is expected of them, what they should be doing. And uh, right now, it's about developing not only uh, as players with with the drills that they put you through. Obviously, they've had a couple of months to get their bodies right. We've seen the the Twitter photos of that, and it, and they're going to have now another several months to get their bodies even better. Um, but you're developing as players. You're also developing as a coaching staff to try to figure out who are our best guys, how can we get them on the field, how can we rotate guys in and out so that we're, as Mullen said, you know, he's hoping to play guys 40 to 45 plays a game. You don't want guys out there for 75 plays. They're going to get tired. We just saw this with the basketball team on, on Saturday, and we'll get to that in a minute, but – where that team got tired. And I do think a little bit of what – and again, this is a team that went 11-2. and two. But when Florida didn't play its best, I thought they got tired at times, not only because of the lack of numbers that were allowed to be out there, but you also didn't have as much competition as you would like because so many guys were out. So many guys were either hurt or 
obviously uh, went went in the transfer portal or had other issues didn't didn't make it. So anyway, Florida's numbers look great going into next season in terms of you're able to do a lot of things. Other than that, there wasn't a whole lot that came out of that presser. Um, you know, he says all the jobs are open, and I believe that. I think every job is open because who would you guarantee is going to be a starter? Well, you would say Kyle Trask would be the number one, or you could say Evan McPherson. But, you know, you get out there in a kickoff and he – uh, where you're kicking off against uh, another kicker, and who knows? Um, there, there's a movement that, of people that want Emory Jones to be a starter, which isn't going to happen. But um, look, if if Kyle, I and, and believe me, I think Kyle, I'm sure Kyle did a great job during the off season because this guy is dedicated. And he's put too much into it to then let yourself down. To you put too much time into it of not playing to when you get your chance to lose your job again. So I'm sure that Kyle Trask will be under center for the Florida Gators barring injury this year. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Again, it's a deep team. They talked about Kyle talked about it yesterday about that. They want to be in the college football playoff. That's the goal. And of course, you know, that's the goal at Syracuse and that's the goal at, Utah, and that's the goal at Texas A&M. It's the goal everywhere, but there are goals and then there are realistic goals, and I think for Florida, maybe for the first time under under Dan Mullen, maybe for the first time since we had a college football playoff, the realistic goal is to get to the playoff. Uh, it's hard. Look, it's really hard. And I know everybody's going to talk about, oh, you got to beat Georgia. Okay, yeah, you got to beat Georgia, but you still got to win some other games, too. Doesn't do you any good to be George if you lose to Tennessee and Kentucky, okay? You're not going to the playoff. But um I, I do say I do want to caution Gator fans about this. It can't I don't want the mentality to be this football season, playoffs are bust. Your goal is to get there. The player's goal is to get there. You're doing things a certain way and you're working hard so that you're able to get to the college football playoff. But if you don't make it, I mean, a lot of weird things can happen. You can go 11-1 and and not get in. You know, so I, I don't feel like it's playoffs or bust, but certainly the talent seems to be there. They seem to have a good roster, a roster that gives them a lot of depth, playmakers, uh, stuff like that. And the schedule looks good. But the schedule's not easy. It's easier, <laughs> you know, than it was last year. It's it's easier. You're, you're not going to Baton Rouge. You're not playing Miami in the opener. You don't have to make that trip to Missouri in the cold that I think a lot of fans were worried about going into this last season. I mean, it's easier, it's still not easy. You still got to beat Kentucky, whose last two years has played your tails off. Still got to beat a Tennessee team that's going to be the new dandies of the West or the East. You you still got to beat LSU. You still got to beat Georgia, as we all know. And you got to go to a tough game at Ole Miss. So there's a lot of things that are still there anyway. Uh, so that was what I wanted to start out by talking football. What we do right now is always take a break, and I will do that, and then we will come back with uh, basketball talk. 
Please don't turn it off. I have some really interesting things to say. I know you're depressed. I get it. I have an 18-year-old daughter that camped out for two days to go to the game. Okay, I, I get people that are upset, and we will talk about that when we return on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. No one gets you ready to celebrate like the team at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. You want great prices in a giant selection? They've got it. You need convenient locations, online ordering, and fast service? ABC's got you covered. Get a jump on this month's deals at abcfws.com. Visit any of their 123 Florida stores today for free samples or get expert advice from their beer, wine, or spirits experts. Don't forget a cigar in their walk-in humidor. ABC is Florida family-owned and operated since 19. 19- 1936. ABC. Always be celebrating. Okay. Um, yeah. So, look, I, I was listening to several shows and announcers, you know, guys who are either work for the, the networks, you know, of, of Power Five conferences or, or other teams or just were good college basketball knowledgeable guys. And the more I listened to him, I said, wow, everybody's got problems. It's not just a Florida problem. Everybody has this issue with consistency where they don't always play at a certain level. And I said, you know, maybe we should back off, not be so hard on these guys. Everybody's having this problem, partly, I think, because of the youth of college basketball, partly because uh, the the freedom of movement uh, – that became such a big deal a few years ago is now it's as Jay Billis has said is gone from the game uh, you know in that Florida Kentucky game there was one play where I think it was Nemhard drove to the basket and it got absolutely clobbered clobbered it was an obvious foul they didn't call it but if you hand check way out there, this is my problem with SEC or all, all fishing. But anyway, that's not my point here. My point is, so you start thinking, you know, everybody's got problems. Even, you know, I watched Gonzaga play last night in a tough game against uh, San Francisco. They had some problems. They couldn't defend, okay, in that game. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got inconsistency problems. But Florida is still the, the most unique of these teams. I've never seen a season like this with Florida, with the huge deficits being either they come back on you or you come back on them. And we just see it over and over and over again. It's unexplainable. You know, Calipari made that point. It, it, what's going on in the conference this year is unexplainable. But it is. it was a devastating loss for a lot of people. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about it. And I and I said, you know, and I'm going to say this publicly. It was a hard one to get over. That one stayed with you for a while. That one did not just dissipate into thin air. You lose to Ole Miss 
you're not happy, but the next day you're okay. You lose a game, an 18-point lead to Kentucky at home with a chance to be the two-seed, chance to make your uh, resume look so much better. That was bad. And that one, that, as I said in my column, I think it was one of the worst regular season losses I've ever experienced at Florida. You know, from from what I've – the reaction I'm getting from people – all over the place and different different kind of levels of fandom. Um, they are they are Felipe Franks. This basketball team is Felipe Franks because you you want to like them, you start to like them. They do something where you go, I really like them, and then you can't stand them. And then they come get you back, and you like them again. Hey, you know. You know they're not that bad. Oh, this I just remember sitting there watching the game. They're up 18. Or even when they were up cuz the the first half they played great basketball. Went up went up 40 to 30. And and just sitting there going, "Man, they're going to be the 2 seed. That's going to be so much more fun going to the SEC tournament cuz you don't have a game till Friday. Um you know, the the bracket's better, blah blah blah. Uh you know, maybe they've improved their NCAA seed. And then to see that all happen and have it end the way it did is rough. Is rough. You know, I I my theory is that this this team in this game because every game is different with these guys, and yet they're all the same. Every game is different. Every game they find a new way to screw it up, but they always screw it up. And, and again, not always because they've won 19 games. But they have, again, this goes back to the Felipe theory. They can't stand prosperity. And they can't even stand prosperity within a game. Within the game itself, they can't stand it. Hey, things are going good. Let's see how we can screw it up. I do believe in this case, their, their offense was playing at such a high efficiency level that at some point, they quit worrying about being disciplined on defense and rebounding because they knew they could make it up at the other end. I think subconsciously or consciously that happened. But enough about that game. I'm tired of talking about that game. I've been talking about it for several weeks. Let's, let's move on to other things. And I think there's a lot of you out there, a lot of you, a lot of you who just want this season to be over because it's too much. It's too much to go through those highs and lows. Look, it's part of being a fan. I get it. But I think a lot of you just want that to happen. Uh, there, and, and again, this was, a, this was a weird game, I think, for a lot of people because Florida and Kentucky are playing. It's not full. I mean, there are a lot of empty seats. And, they, and if you have any doubts about whether this is a football school first, second, and third, when you see an entire section blocked out for football recruits, on Florida Kentucky Day, on Senior Day for basketball, that tells you this is a football place. Good at some other things, really good at some other things, but it's all about football. But again, I was just amazed how many empty seats there were and how many Kentucky fans there were. You know, that used to be the way it was here, and then uh, it kind of went away where, where you'd, get, you'd get Kentucky fans, but they didn't 
dominate. They weren't loud, and they were loud. But that's just the way it is. You know? It's like when, 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 when some fans come to me and go, you know, we're entitled. We, we deserve better than this. No, you don't. Eh, not really. You deserve your team to try to play hard and play well. You know, you deserve them to represent you the right way. But you don't deserve any, any great success. Why? Because you don't go to games? You don't deserve anything. Kentucky fans deserve some stuff. I mean, the way they show up. But again, this is a tradition. It is built. Kentucky's been a basketball school, a basketball state forever. Kentucky's had great success in basketball and not any in football. Most of their success has really been the last few years, and it still hasn't been over the top. You know, you get to 10 wins in a, in a bowl win, and, and you're like, what a, what a tremendous season. Here, it's like, eh, try to do better next year. Anyway, um, you know, I was happy to see Keontae Johnson make the coaches all-SEC first team. Although, if you're going to put nine guys on the team, I can't believe anybody didn't make it. That, that you know, basketball, if basketball was played with nine guys, it'd be very crowded. But um, I, I, I really believe you should just have five. And okay, some guy gets second team, and he should—he probably deserved to be first team. You can make that argument, but that's part of why you make lists and why you come up with them. And anyway, I'm happy for Keontae because he's had an unbelievable year, and he's done all the little things uh, that they've needed him to do. Carry uh, Blackshear second team, along with uh, Anthony Edwards, which was a telling to me a very telling uh, vote because they're like. This guy is going to be the first pick in the NBA draft, but as a teammate, well, not so good. That's what I took from it. Of course, Calipari, Coach of the Year, which I thought was a lock until Buzz Williams went on that run late in the year, and and I, I then I thought Buzz Williams might get it. He still could get the AP. Um, Scotty Lewis, all freshman, quickly Emmanuel, quickly Player of the Year. I don't think there was a Player of the Year in the SEC this year, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think there are a lot of really good players. To me, there was no player of the year, but you got to have one. So uh, we'll see what happens at the SEC tournament. I'll be heading up tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to a, some of it, but obviously it's a very nerve-wracking time um, to be heading somewhere where they just had tornadoes that killed people, and they are now have a coronavirus uh, first reported case was the other night. So... I don't know. Maybe by the time I get there, they'll cancel it. We'll see what happens. Florida, of course, will play Georgia or Ole Miss. We were joking about it after they lost, and then we kind of had heard some Mississippi State scores. They were killing Ole Miss. And so the joke was, hey, oh, so for losing this game, here's your reward. You get to either go up against uh, Brian Tyree or Anthony Edwards, two guys who have killed you. Uh, so – I don't know what will happen in that game. And, again, I go back to the same thing. I think there's a lot of you just, like, don't care. Just get it over with. Um, if they win, they go. They play Mississippi State, a team that handled them here. Now, again, without with or without Kerry Blackshear, um, without him, I don't think I, there's no chance. I would be person who – if I was Mike White, I would rest Kerry Blackshear. I would say, Kerry, you've been doing a great job. You've got this 
risks. We want to make sure it's 100% for the tournament because in the end, this team will be judged by what it does in the NCAA tournament, not any of this other stuff. So I saw something today where some guy was pointing at say that there aren't any, the only lame duck coach in this league is Mike White. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's not a lame duck. He's going to be the coach here next year. There's no question about that. Now, I do think that next year um, there's going to have to be some improvement. I'm not saying he could he could be in any trouble, but I don't think there would be a lot of people real happy if they had another year like this year. However, I don't know if you can have another year like this year because you got I don't you're not bringing in two five stars in the number one transfer in the country. You're going to have a different team next year, and we'll see what leaves. But um, you know, the bottom line is this is um, there. There is no hot seat or anything like that. But people want to see some improvement in the coaching part of it. Like it almost would be better for Mike White if they didn't have the talent they have now, because I think he'd coach him better. I think he'd, he'd he's more used to coaching those kind of players. Just my theory, the one a one I happen to believe in. All right couple things before we get to um actually i tell you what we'll do we'll take a break we'll we'll come back uh i think we're gonna get mark wise on here and uh, talk to him about college basketball which he knows a lot about you're listening to the duly noted podcast at gatorsports.com Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit zaxby's.com Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. A great pleasure to be joined by my friend Mark Wise. Of course, you hear him on WRUF on their podcast and on, gosh, you're, how many TV stations do you work or TV networks do you work for now? <laughs> Depends on what day of the week you're talking about. No, it's it's all under the ESPN umbrella, but uh, most of my Saturdays, every Saturday I was in the SEC and most uh, Wednesday, I should say, and most Saturdays I was in the American, but that changed as the season went along. And I'm speaking to you today from Indianapolis. I was in Asheville last night doing the SOCON tournament for ESPN, and I move over to the radio side today to do the Horizon, and then tomorrow I'm headed back to Nashville. That's where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to for the same reasons, but... Uh... We are. Yeah. We are. I, I move over to the radio side, and I have uh, I have a game on Thursday. I have the Texas A&M-Missouri game, and then on Friday I have the first game. I have the Kentucky uh, versus whoever they will be playing, uh, which could be Florida or Mississippi State, depending. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about that tournament coming up, and obviously there there's two ways to look at it. One of it is this league has – um, no great teams, but because they're kind of bunched in together, it could be a great tournament. Or there is this league has a lot of parity, but it's not good parity, and we may end up with blowouts because we've seen near blowouts that all of a sudden turn into great games. So I don't know what to expect in, in, up there. Well, um, unpredictability, I think, is a fair word because we've seen that basically since November 5th. Um, I think there are a couple of reasons for that, Pat. One is um, I don't think this particular one-and-done group is as good as previous years, so that means the Blue Blood, the Kentucky, the Kansas, North Carolina, and so on and so forth, Dukes, uh, are not able to separate themselves. And remember this, 
Wiseman, one of the best one-and-dones, is not playing. LaMelo Ball, who was supposed to be a freshman in college, not playing. So I think that's impacted the game. There's no doubt in my mind the transfer situation has spread the talent more evenly around. And then the last part of the equation is we've redefined what a bad shooting night is at the arc. Uh, with the new line, shooting is down. There's no question about that. Last year in the SEC, 10 teams made 33.3% or better, and that's the equivalent of 50% shooting twos. This year, only four are shooting better than that number. So that means uh, what was a bad shooting night a year ago might be, let's say, six for 22 from the arc. Uh, This year, it's three for 20. And when you have that kind of disparity, you're going to get some wild swings. Well, yeah, but the, here's my thing that I, I don't quite understand, and you, you're the guy that can explain it to me. If by moving the arc back, we have made right. basketball have less, fewer points, and we have now right. brought in an ele- a turnover element that nobody ever even knew was a possibility of guys stepping out of bounds as they're setting up to shoot. And I probably see one a game, as I'm sure you do too, of those. Why is that good for college basketball to have less scoring and, and less made shots? Well, I don't know. History tells us that this dip in the shooting is only going to be temporary. Uh, the same thing happened 10 years ago when they moved the line back that time. Uh, it took about a year and a half to catch up, and since that point in time, it kept getting better and better. I think we'll continue to see that. I'm of the opinion, I'm one of the few people, Pat, that thinks that the new three point line is tied to officiating. And the problem with officiating is not official. It's the officiating world. And what do I mean by that? The only way we're going to get freedom of movement is more fouls, not less. And until we are willing to make a three- or four-year commitment, remember about three years ago we made a one-year commitment? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the NBA, the NBA went through this, but they, they had to stay with it through the course of time through three or four seasons. And now what do we have in, in the NBA? I mean, we, we have a product where the game is – 120 to 116 every night. So I think until we are willing to change our officiating philosophy and really get serious about freedom of movement instead of just using it as a term, because we, we have no freedom of movement in college basketball. Right. It's ridiculous. No, it's it's gotten it's gone back the other way almost worse than it was because I remember it was right I think it was right after Patrick Young's senior year is when we started hearing a lot of talk about it um and then and then it, it came through yeah I remember Billy was going on and on about it and it became a big deal but um I don't know well let, let me ask you this though do you everybody everybody keeps talking about how there's there's no great teams out there and then I watch Kansas and, and obviously right. Dayton you know I isn't playing the same level of competition but they're they seem to be really good, and Obi Toppin's just ridiculous. Right. And I, I think there are great teams out there. It doesn't mean they're going to be in the Final Four, though. I think that's exactly right. I, I agree with you. I, I think there are great teams who've had great seasons. Um, here's the point that I've been trying to convince people of. I think if we got, if you and I got a, a group of reasonable basketball fans in the same room, they would all be willing to say, that we have more parity than in college basketball than ever before. I think that I believe that. 
But they would also be the first to say, but I don't want my team to be part of the parody. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we don't want those those upsets. Yeah, exactly. Those aren't allowed. We, we, you know. But again, uh, you know, Calipari was saying he couldn't explain some of the things that happened this year. I certainly can't explain him, and I don't think you can explain how you could see how many games with seventeen point deficits have been overcome this right. year. It's it's unbelievable, and of course, we've seen it here more than anywhere else. Right. Well, how do you eliminate offensive droughts? In my opinion, there are two ways you can eliminate offensive droughts. And really, I don't care what coaches tell me about, well, our defense suffered because we couldn't make shots. That's that's exactly right. Then fix your offense and not your defense. Yeah. Um, but if you go through droughts offensively, what can save you in that time? Two things. One is offensive rebounding. And, for instance, Florida's not a great offensive rebounding team, so that doesn't help them. And then secondly is have guys that can get to the free throw line. Well, there's two problems with that. One is you, you've got to have those kinds of slashers and drivers, and Florida's not built that way uh, for the most part. And then you've got to have a game that's called where you get to the bonus or where you get to the free throw line because there's contact. And we don't have that. We don't, we don't have protect the guy with the ball. We don't have freedom of movement. So as a consequence, if you cannot offensive rebound, if you cannot get to the free throw line, then you're going to go through droughts, especially with this three three point line that I talked about. You know, we had Josh Vitale on the show last week, and he had done a story about how the SEC there was almost a thousand more fouls than any other Power Five conference. I mean, do you think it's it's um, the, just the style? I mean, it's, there aren't such a thing as SEC officials. They they're all over the place. No, 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 not not at all. Yeah, so so I don't know why there would be a thousand more fouls in this league. Well, again, uh, for the most part, coaches uh, teach fouling, um, and I'm talking about all of them in terms of putting bodies off the ball, don't let the guy cut through the lane, uh, all of that. So until we're willing to do that on a national scale, it's not going to get any better. See, I have a theory. I, I can get rid of the block charge call. I just don't allow you to take charges. I mean, I well, if you defend, uh, that's fine. But right. just to stand there, like you know, and purposely try to get a guy to run you over, I uh, take that out of the game. Call it a flop from now on. Right. I think we have way too many offensive fouls in our game. I, I think any fifty-fifty situation, I'd like to see get called on the defense. Um, now that being said, being raised an official son, I get it. Thirty years ago, the hardest call to make for an official, block charge. Yeah. Twenty years ago, block charge. Ten years, I mean, it is the hardest call. I just think we could clean up our paradigm a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And last thing for you, Mark, and we appreciate your time. We know you're really busy, but just give me. I, I know you're not doing very many of the Florida games, but you've seen a lot of them and seen probably seen them all. But right. Just give me your take on what you think has not gone right. Uh, now, part of it, right. I, I believe, is this. I think the talent was over overrated on this team. I think I think right. Mike White has struggled with a with the, a team that he hasn't coached anything like this, and and dealing with egos and dealing with with uh, different personalities. But what do you? What's your feeling about why it hasn't gone as right as we thought it would for the Florida Gators? I, I- I can't really speak to the coaching of the personalities. That would be something you would have to discuss with him in the, in the off season. I think that two things, and I've said this since uh, maybe 
late December. One is I think we overvalued, and I'm talking about me uh, as well, and I'm talking about, for the most part, the media. We overvalued how simple it would be to plug in Kerry Blackshear. Mm-hmm. Because if Blackshear's getting touches, other people are not. B- bottom line. The other part of the equation is we undervalued how many minutes freshmen and the roles that they would play on this team um, would accumulate. And it's just really hard to rely on freshmen. It's why I don't talk about recruiting. I mean, you just have to kind of wait and see where they are. So have they lived up to the billing? I don't know, but does anybody live up to the billing? So I think they've had to go through a learning curve. Uh, I do know this. I think when I look at – I've said this, Pat. In December, I did the – or whenever the game was, I did the Marshall game on television. It was almost not watchable. Yeah, the I offense remember. was so bad. The shot selection was so bad. To watch that team then and to see where they are now offensively, uh, I, I get it. People are going to go, but they still go through the droughts. Well, I've talked about that and how you can eliminate that and – that's a challenge for Florida. But the offense is significantly better. On the defensive side, I have been amazed at what they've been able to get out of Florida, what Mike White has been able to get out of Florida, because I think in order to be good defensively, you have to have three things. One is team speed. And how would you rate Florida's team speed? Not high. I mean, they got, they got some guys that can really run, but not, not enough of them. I mean, you would say average at best, At right? best, yes. Okay. What about – and the second ingredient you need is length. Where would you rate Florida's length? Um, I would say on uh, a 1 to 10, I'd put them about a 6. Yeah, average, around average. Okay. And then lastly, you've got to have the ability to block shots at multiple positions because of those first two things. They're not a shot-blocking team. They don't play above the rim. So if you don't have pineapple, it's hard to make pineapple upside down cake. It's so not for impossible, get, though. You could, you could. Not impo- <laughs> well, it'd be bad. Trust me. Trust me. You wouldn't want to eat it. No. But you get the point. I, I, just, I just think that they don't have ingredients that you need to be elite defensively. He is Mark Wise, and uh, we appreciate him taking the time. Um, we miss him on the Gator broadcast very much. Lee Humphrey's doing a great job. We still miss you, Mark. And uh, but we that's appre- very kind of you to say that uh, <laughs> everybody at the UAA has been so good. Everybody at the IMG at IMG has been so good in terms of the fact that my TV's kind of grown as a consequence. Radio um, has suffered. I do miss it. I miss doing the games with Mick very much. Um, but I kind of like what I'm doing. I have a passion for it, and hopefully that comes across uh, if anybody watches. Well, I will see you Friday, but right now we got to get a break and come back with more of the Duly Noted Podcast here on Gatorsports.com. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit Zaxby's.com. Okay, uh, just a few minutes left here in the podcast, and uh, again, we'll we'll – Hopefully I make it back without coronavirus or anything else happening, and we'll have another podcast next week, um, and probably talk a little, a lot about the turn that tournament that will be going on. By the way, I'm picking a Kentucky LSU final, um, 
And here's another question that we asked. I was asking around the office today. I think it's, it's real possible for Kentucky and FSU to end up in the championship game, the national championship game, Kentucky and Florida State. Who are you rooting for if that happens? Think about that for a while. Don't answer it right away. All right. Uh, of course, the Ivy League has canceled their tournament, which is a real shame for Harvard. Harvard had beaten Yale twice. They were a game behind the standings. The, the tournament was going to be at Harvard's court. And now they're out. They're done. The season's over. Um, and, of course, they're closing clubhouses all over Major League Baseball, hockey, all those, which I understand that totally. I mean, uh, look, it, whether we want to continue with crowds and stands is one thing. Whether you want to bring people into a dirty area, which every locker room is, um, from all walks of life, I, I totally agree with that. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Look, I'm not going to – there's no point in me telling you whether I think there's too much reaction, not enough reaction, whatever, because what I, I say doesn't matter. All you can do is what you're told to do and try to stay healthy. But the bottom line is they keep saying people 65 and over have are at the biggest risk, so I'm going to go into a stadium, an arena, with 20,000 people, and I'm 65. So there, I, there's a little trepidation here. Hopefully, I'll be okay. Uh, I did want to shout out to baseball, softball, and gymnastics. I, 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 we'll, we'll devote more time to all those sports down the road. Um, baseball, obviously, off to a great start. What a week they've got with uh, FSU tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. And then uh, Georgia, number three in the country for the weekend. Um, yeah, I'll be following those games on my laptop. Uh, up there and I'll be covering the game tonight actually but uh and then of course you have softball has FSU Wednesday and then they've got ranked 15th ranked Baylor team in here uh and the Gator Nationals here this week and the players and uh gymnastics finishes its season at home um and you know before they get ready for postseason so tons of stuff going on um it's hard to it's hard to kind of make sure we keep giving the proper praise to some of these sports and for all the complaining that goes on about things that don't go well here, more goes well at the University of Florida in athletics than, than it goes wrong. It's not even close. In fact, Florida is now leading the all-sports standings um, through basketball and, and football and uh, several sports that have been played, and that's good. They need to get it back. Um, but softball uh, – Look, Auburn, I don't think Auburn's very good. I don't think their lineup was very good. I, I I don't take that as a, well, the Gators are fine. I think they, they still got issues. Um, but I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. And baseball, we all know what's going on there. It's, you know, the arms they're throwing out there are pretty amazing. I mean, but again, USF's terrible. So while this was a great weekend for, for both those sports, um, I don't think the opposition was great. Gymnastics, three tens uh, over the weekend. Um, they're they're really good. I tell you, they seem to be a team that I thought maybe peaked early, and then uh, no, the answer is no. They still got some peaking to do. Um, Going to be really interesting to see how they do. All right, let's go do three things. It's time for three things.
All right, number one, uh, can't help but be happy for Anthony Grant and what's going on with his basketball program. Uh, now that it looks like they could be the, a one seed, and uh, Anthony has been uh, always gracious. What a great guy. It, it's interesting because he would have been the coach at Florida. He was He was kind of like the coach at Florida for about a minute. But if you remember the story uh, – Jeremy Foley's flying up to talk to him. They're meeting at the airport. And um, this is after Billy left. And uh, Mrs. Donovan, Christine Donovan, calls and calls and calls. And finally, when Jeremy lands, she, he's got like 24 calls. She goes, don't, don't talk to Anthony. Things are changing. I think Billy wants to come back. And so they had to call Anthony in the airport and say, Anthony, we're flying back. Uh, this, is, this thing has gotten crazy but Anthony would have been the guy now would he have been successful then don't forget he did go to Alabama and he was I, look he might have gotten a little bit of a raw deal there um, but they did they made the tournament only once I think in five or six years they were an NIT team a lot they didn't seem to recapture what they were hoping or capture what they were hoping to capture that he had you know hopefully had brought from his success at VCU but also his success at Florida but I think he's obviously a much better coach, and he's got Obi Toppin, and I would be a much better coach. But congratulations to him for getting them where they are right now. That's, that really is great stuff. Uh, number two, I have come up with a solution on how to get the players to be a major. Now, they've tried everything. They moved it to May. That didn't work. They moved it back to March. There's not gonna, The media attention is not going to be quite what it normally is. Obviously, this week there's conference tournaments everywhere. Here's my answer. You put it to a vote of all the players. The players will vote for it. There's no doubt about that. The players want another opportunity to win a major. So I think they would vote for it. And then you say, look, the players have spoken. It's now a major. Now it's a major. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> you can ignore it in the media if you want, but it's it would be a major. That's my solution. Anyway, I'll, again, I'm going to be doing a lot of watching of tv while i'm watching basketball this weekend because there's so much going on the players this weekend uh miss i'm gonna miss not covering it but it's still pretty cool uh number th- and number three um john calipari went, had a couple rants he's, he's he's like he's like good for three rants about three rants uh a week this one was about the transfer uh, rule that they're considering to allow guys to transfer one time. And he went on and on, you know, we're going to have our business cards in the, in the handshake line, and I worry about the mid-majors. Every, the, when coaches get upset, and, and even media people like this get upset, this is going to be a wild west. They have to remember you only have so many scholarships. I, I don't know how many times I can say this. You only have so many scholarships. It's not like you can say, well, we're going to take – Three guys from this school and three guys from that school. And t- what you you only get thirteen, bro. You you can't just go to like the nineteen. There's going to be r- room for all these players to play. I think it's the biggest, most overblown thing in the world. It's just a fair shake for the athletes. I don't think it affects us the coaches, but coaches want to be in control. Don't forget that. That is the bottom line. All right, that's going to do it for our podcast today. I will hopefully safe to have safe travels up to Nashville and be back with you next week. Until then, I'm Pat Dooley, sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun, saying I'm deep, I'm way back, and I'm out of here. 
The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country, visit ViStarCU.org and ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating.